What is happening, everybody? Welcome in on today's show. Full reaction to a wild week six in the SEC that saw AM take down Alabama. Georgia stifled Auburn and Kentucky rolled all over LSU. We'll recap it all. Also, who were our winners of the weekend who depressed us? And we'll also hand out some honorable mentions. All of that coming your way next. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, plenty to recap. Let's jump into it with our winners of the weekend. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. Twenty-eight yard attempt by Seth Small is down. It is up, and the Fighting Texas Aggies take down the top-ranked Tide, forty-one to thirty-eight. Number one goes down, and the celebration is on at Kyle Field. Our first winner of the weekend: the Fighting Texas A&M Aggies, Jimbo Fisher. First off, Jimbo's a winner because he finally broke through. Yes, the Aggies had lost two straight games to Arkansas and Mississippi State, but Texas A&M gets the huge victory over top-ranked Alabama. I predicted this upset before the season started. Only thing was, I thought the Aggies would have Haynes King at quarterback, and I also thought they would be undefeated at this point in the season. But Nick Saban's former assistants had previously been 24-0 versus him in head-to-head matchups. That stat is now 24-1. Nick Saban finally loses to one of his assistants, Obi-Wan Kenobi goes down. Remember the offseason when Jimbo Fisher told a group of AM boosters that they were going to kick Saban's ass at some point? And Saban later retorted in what? Golf? Well, Jimbo got his win in football. Another winner of the weekend for the Aggies. I'm going with Zach Calzada. This kid, all the trash we talked about him for much of this season, much of it was deserved. He didn't play very well, but Calzada played his best game in an Aggie uniform versus arguably one of the best defenses in the country. Calzada threw for 285 yards, three touchdowns, including the game-tying touchdown on a play where he took a monster shot from an Alabama defender, only to come back into the game and lead them on the game-winning field goal drive. Calzada balled out, and he deserves a lot of respect and a lot of kudos for his performance. The other winner of the weekend for the Aggies, Seth Small, the kicker. If you go back and re-watch that kick that he made, Man, it looked like that ball was ready to tail left, and then it hooks back right for the game winner. Never easy to hit a big-time field goal like that in a big spot, but props to Small for hitting the 28-yard game game winner to win 41-38. This one felt very similar to A&M's big home win last season over then-ranked number four Florida at Kyle Field, where Seth Small also hit a game-winning field goal in that one. A monster win for the Aggies. Probably won't mean much as far as trying to win the SEC, trying to win the West, as Alabama would have to lose another conference game. But finally, the critics of Jimbo these past couple weeks can settle down as he gets his marquee win. And for the first time since A&M's first year in the league when Johnny Manziel pulled off the upset, A&M beats Alabama. The Tide's eight-game win streak versus them finally comes to an end. Levis, who's in the shotgun, two wideouts left. He fakes it to smoke, throws down the seam. He's got McLean. Yes, Touchdown, Kentucky. What a play. Wide open, Juton McLean, first touchdown. 
Our other winners of the weekend, Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats. I was at this game, and my goodness, was Kentucky impressive in this one from the very start of the game. Kentucky imposed their will on LSU's defense. Kroger Field was alive and rocking, and the Wildcats rushed for 330 yards on the ground. Will Levis threw three touchdowns, and Kentucky routed LSU 42-21, and it wasn't even that close. We'll get to the debacle that is LSU a little bit later on, but you have to give major props to Kentucky for the way they played in this one defensively. They got after it, four sacks and a recovered fumble from LSU quarterback Max Johnson. For anyone saying a week ago when Kentucky beat Florida, yeah, it was a fluky win. There was nothing fluky about this one. There were a lot of people picking LSU to go in there and pull off the upset, but Mark Stoops and his squad improved to 6-0 in the season, 4-0 in the conference, it is Kentucky's first 6-0 start since 1950. They have a monster showdown with Georgia this weekend in Athens. But for now, if you're a Kentucky fan, you enjoy this win. You enjoy this team. Running back Chris Rodriguez, by the way, had his 10th 100-yard rushing game, which made him the 10th Kentucky player to break 2,000 career rushing yards. He passed A.J. Rose and Arto's, Arto's spinner. Now he is chasing Boom Williams and Derek Locke up next, and Chris Rodriguez is going to keep climbing up that uh, that chart, but congrats to Kentucky on the monster win. And that's the ball game. Dogs win it 34 to 10 as the sun is setting here in Auburn, Alabama. Our next winner of the weekend, I told you to just pencil in the Georgia defense in this category every single week, and I don't know how they just continue to impress each and every week, holding Auburn's running backs to just 62 yards rushing. They held Brian Harson's offense to just 10 total points. Kobe Dean intercepted Bo Nix. They sacked him four times. They held Auburn to five of, of 18 on third downs. You just can't say enough about the Georgia defense. A monster home game looming versus Kentucky this weekend. But Georgia, the nation's top defense, they gave up only their second touchdown of the season, and they dominated the Deep South's oldest rivalry. It was Georgia's fifth straight win in the rivalry, and now they have won 14 of the last 17 in this matchup. So, you know, we'll call it a rivalry game. It is what it is, but it is not so much a rivalry. Next up in our Who Impressed, our winner of the weekend, Hendon Hooker over at Tennessee. I said last week I thought South Carolina could maybe keep it close with the Vols. Well, boy, was I wrong. Josh Josh Heupel has really got this Vol offense humming now, and they once again jumped out to a big early lead, up 21 nothing in the first quarter and they rolled all over South Carolina 45 to 20. Hendon Hooker has been a big reason why the offense has been so good. He had another great week threw for 225 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. The Vols put up almost 500 yards of total offense and don't look now, but the Vols still control their own destiny in the East. Granted, they still have road trips to Tuscaloosa, Lexington, they get Georgia in Knoxville. Tough tests ahead, but the way this season is playing out, anything is possible. And if Heupel's offense continues to hum with Hooker under center, maybe they can surprise some people. In the five games where Hendon Hooker has played significant time this year, he has thrown 13 touchdowns to just one interception. He's also rushed for almost 300 yards with three rushing touchdowns. Hooker ranks 20th in the country in touchdown passes, and he didn't even start every game for the Vols this year. Also giving some credit to Tyon Evans, the running back, 16 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Good to see the Vols. With a ground game working this season, Evans was really good on Sunday. So congrats to Tennessee. 
Here's the snap. Only a four-man rush looking to throw near sideline. He's got Sanders all by himself. He's caught it. He's gone. He scores. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Our last word of the weekend, I'm giving it to Matt Corral. The Ole Miss-Arkansas game on Saturday was just so fun to watch. It was a shame someone had to lose the game. But Matt Corral, just a week after getting shut down by Alabama, he bounced back in a big way this week, throwing for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Also rushed for 94 yards and two rushing touchdowns. That's four total on the day. Made some big plays down the stretch, including that go-ahead 68-yard touchdown pass to Breland Sanders. Took some monster hits all day from the Arkansas defense. Should also throw Ole Miss running backs Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor in here. They were outstanding. Both had over 100 yards each. Both Ole Miss and Arkansas combined for over 1,200 yards of total offense, 14 total touchdowns. But Matt Corral... He was the winner on the day. Pushed himself back up. Still in the Heisman conversation up there with Alabama's Bryce Young. And there you have it. Those are our winners of the weekend. When we return, we are going to do our losers of the weekend. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Need to remind you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. They are uh, one of the best daily fantasy groups out there they make daily fantasy easy i love it i know you will too they offer college football props uh, more than anyone in the world they offer all the star players in the power five all of our users who go check them out when you deposit use our promo code locked on it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n you will receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Go check them out right now. You can do so on their uh, award-winning app in the App Store or on Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy, and PrizePix offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, or go to your App Store, download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked them out, what are you doing with yourself? Go check them out. PrizePix. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Run along here, Locked On SEC. Reacting to week six in the conference. We gave you our... Week one winners. Now we got to jump into and give you our week two losers of the weekend. Who depressed us in week six of the SEC? We start with the Alabama defense. Even since last season, Alabama fans have at times given Pete Golding the side eye, and you have to think they're doing the same today. Alabama gave up almost 400 yards of offense to the Aggies including almost 300 yards to the basically backup quarterback in Zach Calzada. But it just felt like AM made all the big plays that they needed, particularly down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Alabama allowed AM to go 65 yards for the game-tying touchdown, then another 54 yards for the game-winning field goal. 
Some real search, soul searching will be going on this week at Alabama. Their football practice with the defense at least as they correct all their problems. Could be bad news though for Mississippi State this weekend in Starkville. As you know, Saban is going to be expecting his defense to respond. Another deep press of the weekend, same game, sticking with the same theme, Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. We wondered how swapping out coordinators constantly could eventually have a negative effect at Alabama, and for the first time, I think we saw a little bit of that. Some questionable decisions by the OC Bill O'Brien in the first half. Trailing 17-7, Alabama goes 74 yards down the field. They face a first and goal at the Alabama four. They ran the ball twice, they get down to the one yard line, and on third and goal, they opt to pass with Bryce Young, and he's intercepted by Damani Richardson. I think most Alabama fans were saying, look, either run the ball twice, try to punch it in, or at least run it once, settle for the field goal, get some points. I thought it was very questionable uh, call that ended up costing Alabama early. Also marked the first time since the LSU game in 2019 that Alabama trailed a team by double digits. Later in the game, some thought Bama was maybe being too conservative, settling for a couple of field goals, especially when their offense seemed to be waking up. Some thought maybe that's when Alabama could have been a little bit more aggressive. Overall, I didn't think O'Brien did an awful job, but I can understand where many are saying this week that O'Brien's decisions contributed to the loss for Alabama. They will have to regroup, try to run the table. Another depressed this weekend. How can you not go with Ed Ogeron? This is starting to get really ugly. LSU's 2019 special season continues to seem more and more like a distant memory. LSU got straight up embarrassed by Kentucky on Saturday night in Lexington, 42-21. It was a game where many of LSU's boosters and board of supervisors made the trip, including the school president, including athletic director Scott Woodward and LSU had its worst showing of the season. They lost close games to UCLA and Auburn. That's one thing. But getting flat out embarrassed by Kentucky, LSU fans not willing to accept the Tiger program falling into mediocrity. And the natives are starting to get restless. Since he won the national championship game, Coach O just 8-8 eight and eight overall, 6-8 and eight versus Power 5 competition. Again, it's one thing to lose to Bama and AM. It's another thing when you're losing to Mississippi State, Missouri, and Kentucky. LSU just sees themselves as a better program than that. So now the heat starts to turn up even more in Baton Rouge. And some are saying Ogeron should even be go let go this week. Fans and the media alike are already compiling wish lists of who they think the program should go after as their next head coach. Names like James Franklin, Lane Kiffin, Luke Fickle are being thrown around. And now it seems like a matter of if, or not if, but when Coach O is relieved of his duties at LSU. Another deep press of the weekend, I'm going with Arkansas's defense. No doubt D.C. Barry Odom deserves a lot of credit for his game plans earlier this season against Texas and Texas A&M. But you give up 52 points to Ole Miss, just a pretty awful showing from the Razorback defense. Remember, this is a game a year ago. They held Ole Miss to 21 points and intercepted Matt Corral six times. But this year was a different story as the Razorbacks allowed Ole Miss to go four for five on fourth downs, put up over 600 yards of total offense. Arkansas defense should have a chance to right the ship this week with Auburn coming to town. And speaking of Auburn, look, I know they were taking on Georgia, but I'm putting the Auburn run game in there. 
Georgia has the best run defense in the country, but Auburn just could not do anything with their ground game. Tank Bigsby held to just 10 carries for only 28 yards. He did find the end zone, but Jarquez Hunter, Sean Shivers, they didn't do much either. Bo Nix, who ran wild last week at LSU, he was held to 10 carries for a net loss of 16 yards. The lack of a run game just put Auburn behind the eight ball, and they just could not get much going against that stout Georgia defense. And lastly, my depressed category this week, I'm going with Vanderbilt. I know expectations for Vandy are very low already, but I just didn't think Florida would cover the 39-point spread against the Gators, and they or against Vandy, and they did. They shut out Vandy 42 to nothing. It was Vandy's second time being shut out this year. They had just 287 total yards of offense, turned the ball over twice. Vandy drops to 2-4 and four overall, 0-2 in the conference. Clark Lee just really in a tough spot at Vanderbilt, and it won't get much easier the rest of the way. Up next, they have a road trip to South Carolina, who will be looking to right their ship with this offense. Thanks again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to give you our honorable mentions from week six in the SEC. Need to remind you guys about Built Bar. They are still the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? That's what we always ask you guys. And we tell you what our favorites are. The mint brownie, my personal favorite, but you got nine delicious flavors you could choose from, from the coconut to the cherry to the raspberry, uh, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's literally something for everyone. And if you haven't tried them all yet, I always tell you, check out uh, their website at BuiltBar.com. You can order a mixed box where you'll get two of each of their nine classic flavors. Taste them all. Try which one. Try each of them and then find which one is your favorite. And, of course, not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, they are healthy as well. Many of the flavors packed with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. You cannot go wrong. So go order them today. You can get the raspberry, the mint brownie, whatever you like at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15. If you've never ordered from there before, you can get 15% off your first order when you use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. What are you waiting for? You know you're going to be eating unhealthy for the upcoming holidays. This is your chance to get yourself right. Go check them out, BuiltBar.com. Well, along here, Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you, and we give you our impressed, our winners of the weekend. We give you who depressed. Now it's time to get into our honorable mentions for week six in the SEC. And we start... Kind of a weird one because it didn't work out, but I'm going to give it to Sam Pittman at Arkansas. They're going to roll KJ to his right. Got to get rid of it. Back of the end zone. Incomplete. Incomplete. Did they throw a flag? There's a flag on the opposite side of the field. Now, Ole Miss's players have rushed the field, and here's the call. And that was a loose in Ole Miss has won the game, 52-51. I thought Arkansas, look, they scored the most points they ever have in a loss. They piled up 676 total yards, including 350 rushing. But it was the last three yards they needed to secure the victory. They did not get it. K.J. Jefferson's uh, incomplete pass. But kudos to Sam Pittman and his decision to go for it there. Both offenses were rolling. Both defenses were tired. You probably didn't want to go to overtime. I love it. You either win it or you lose it right there. Unfortunately for Arkansas, you lose the game there. But I think going for two was the right call. 
And you could see from Lane Kiffin's face, look, he was happy for the win, but it's tough to celebrate when you win a game like that. So honorable mention for Sam Pittman's decision. Here's Jones, rocker step, throwing, over the middle of the field, he's got the receiver, it's the running back, Damian Pierce, at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5, and there he goes, he's gone, oh my! Another honorable mention, I'm giving it to Emory Jones, after the loss to Kentucky a week ago, Jones bounced back this week against Vandy, throwing for 273 yards and four touchdowns, also rushed for 40 yards, it was the most yards Emory Jones has thrown for in a game this season, the most he's thrown for in a game in his career, he was not sacked. He did throw a pick. Needs to cut down on those. He has nine touchdown passes to seven interceptions on the year. Not great, but you credit Emory Jones playing very well this week, and he'll look to keep that momentum rolling heading on the road this week for an early morning affair with LSU in Baton Rouge. Sticking with the Gators, again, I know it was just Vandy, but anytime you can shut out an opponent, that's big. Todd Grantham's defense stymied the Vanderbilt Commodores holding them under 300 yards of offense. Trey Dean and uh, Daquan Newkirk each had interceptions. They recorded three sacks as a team, including a sack and a half from Antoine Powell. you got to give credit to the Florida defense. They are much improved this year over last year. It's just thinks they didn't have this defense with last year's offense because Florida would have been a national title contender. They are allowing just over 16 points per game this year. So, again, tip of the cap to Todd Grantham. I thought he should have been gone last year. They end up sticking with him. And it's worked out for Dan Mullen, at least defensively this year. Another honorable mention of the weekend. I'm going Missouri running back Tyler Beatty. Having a nice season for the Tigers against North Texas this week. 17 carries, 217 yards, and two touchdowns. He also had a receiving touchdown. Check out these numbers for Tyler Beatty. Through six games on the season, he has rushed for 675 yards and 12 total touchdowns, eight rushing, four receiving. He is the center point of that Mizzou offense. And look, despite their record at 3-3, three and three, you have to give Beatty credit for trying to carry his team offensively. Tyler Beatty, kudos to you. Another honorable mention of the weekend, Kevin Harris, South Carolina running back. His numbers weren't flashy, but it was good to see Harris look a little bit more like himself this week. 16 carries, 61 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. He had a long of 13. It was hard for the Gamecocks to stick with the run because they were down by so many points so quick. But Kevin Harris continuing to try to get himself back to 100% after that injury. And for a guy who was one of the SEC's leading rushers a year ago, he's still, still trying to find his footing but I thought he was pretty good this week. And our last honorable mention of this week goes to... Bennett in the shotgun. Looks to the right, looks in the end zone, will throw it. It's caught! A.D. Mitchell right on the goal line. He sticks the ball into the end zone. Touchdown, Georgia! Again, another guy, not very flashy, but Stetson Bennett continues to get the job done, filling in for the still-injured J.T. Daniels. 14 for 21, 231 yards, two touchdown passes, no turnovers, also had six carries for 41 yards. Stetson Bennett is just a gamer who continues to get the job done as a filling quarterback. At Kirby Smart Company feel comfortable continuing to rest JT Daniels because they know Bennett can get the job done. So kudos to, to Stetson Bennett. Talking about it last week, he said, you know, I thought about transferring this offseason. He didn't. He stuck it out. And luckily for Georgia, he didn't. He stayed put. And he is getting the job done as the fill-in starter for JT Daniels. So there you have it. That is our honorable mentions for week six of the SEC. Coming up this week, 
We're going to get you ready for a monster week, game uh, week seven in the SEC. Tons of big games, including that SEC East showdown where game day, college game day will be heading to Athens for Kentucky and Georgia, a battle of two top ten teams. Going to be a monster matchup. We'll talk about that throughout the week right here on Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great SEC podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Networking. Check out Locked On LSU with Matt Moscona. He's talking all about the heat on Ed Ogeron. You can check out Locked On Bulldogs as they continue to roll. Tons of great podcasts all along the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great week. Have a great day, everybody.